It's the Tillcast episode 502, Sleepza. Very sleepy. And this week, this week, guys, we talk a lot about Death Stranding, Pepper. Elden Ring, Planet Crafter, and Bloodborne. Stay tuned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the Tillcast. Look, look, I'm here. Oh, my God. There's a voice. It's an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Rusty. Jason. I'm Jason. Okay. And <laughs> Your social cue. Come on, man. <laughs> it is uh, 56, 56 degrees. 50. Fucking, it's springtime already? God At damn it. 48 p.m. on, uh, I don't even know what day it is, uh, the 16th, the day before Easter. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. You want to know what I ca- uh, what I couldn't order on fucking, uh, you know, on, on uh, the Walmart app? Uh, groceries? Eggs. I couldn't order eggs. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I could not order eggs. There was none to be had. I'm <coughs> intentionally not doing groceries tomorrow. I'm going to wait till Monday. I, um, I'm i going to have to because, um, you know, there isn't any eggs. Uh, normally, you know, normally, I mean, keto definitely uses a lot of eggs. Um, <clears throat> they're kind of a staple thing. They're cheap, too. Um, well, they they used to be cheap. Oh. They well, used to be. It's like three dollars a dozen around here now. I know. I was buying Eggland's best, like the overpriced freaking like smoozy shit that you know that you know nobody fucking the Eggland's eggs are actually they do taste better. Um, but but what are they like five dollars a dozen now? I, I'm sure they are because I haven't even looked. Oh my god, five dollars uh, a dozen for eggs, Jesus! And you know they used to be like fifty two cents at Aldi. Uh, I remember when they were like a quarter. This, one, this was like two years ago. I remember back in my day, they used to be free from the chicken's ass. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, back in your day. Um, we are back. It's been a <laughs> rusty couldn't sleep last week. That's why he's here this week. And he still couldn't I, sleep I, that well. still couldn't sleep at all, dude. <laughs> you uh, food combed yourself before you got here so you oh. could try to get a little bit of should I? Oh my God! So these guys, these guys, I'm telling the, these guys at probably like one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm gonna go to sleep. I am wide awake, uh, and I have been having some weird fucking like insomnia issues over the past couple weeks. And I think it's because of keto. I, my metabolism is like going fucking overdrive right at the like second wind stage where it goes. I just I hit. I hit second wind and I'm ready to fucking run a marathon, right? Um, and the, um, you know, I'm telling these guys, and, you know, Justin, Justin's, Justin's a good guy. He's like, man, I wish that there was something I could do to help you. Like, I, I, it sucks. Like, you know, you know, the, the, the stuff that, you know, doesn't necessarily help, but doesn't necessarily hurt. It's you know? called emotional support. It's emotional support, right? Jason's like, I've got a solution for you. Order a pizza. You need carbs. I'm like, he's I like, said carbs. Specifically, 
carbs, carbs meat, and cheese. Meat plus cheese equals sleep. <laughs> he told him to get a sleep pizza. I I ended up ordering a sleepsa. Uh, I, a, a, and I ate the entire goddamn thing because, of course, it's the first pizza I've had in well over a month since I started keto. So, <laughs> so you started keto. Keto. Everything's got a z ah, and a <laughs> so I'm like, man, this pizza is amazing. I am fucking like devouring it. I fucking like record timed that motherfucker, and uh, he's right. It put me right to sleep. Well, not right to sleep. I, it was like a you half probably an felt hour. so uncomfortable you couldn't sit upright. After about a half an hour, I'm like, okay. You know, the weight of the world is starting to, you know, you know, starting to set in and it's setting in right at chest level and below. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, try to lay down. Of course, I mean, it's a very good pizza. Like, don't get me wrong. You I mean, know, what did you get? I got. I ended up getting a uh, uh, Marco's pizza. You know the uh, the all meat pizza with extra cheese. Um, that's a. It's it's a very good a, pizza. That's a heavy meal. <laughs> it's a very good pizza. Like, but it is a heavy meal. Like, it's it's about it's about twice the amount of calories that I normally have in an entire day in one meal. Uh, <laughs> That's a crazy amount of calories. It is. It is absolutely way too much. Um, but it puts you to sleep. Yes, it put me to sleep for three and a half hours when my alarm went off to come over here to record. Um, I hit that alarm. I hit the snooze on the alarm three times. Um, the third time, I had to get up because I couldn't. Uh, I. I I had so bad, I had cotton mouth so bad because of all the salt in the pizza, like all the ingredients of the pizza. I, like, there was nothing there. Like, I had to drink, like, almost a half a gallon of water just to get, like, something back. It was crazy, man. I'm never doing that again. Thanks for the advice there, Jason. Hey, Um, man, you... You you started throwing out the guess that it had to have been the keto messing with you, and I was like, my brain instantly went, well, there's one way to fix that. Well, I mean. And that is break the keto. It's, it's going to take you at least two or three days to get right back in after that. I am pretty sure that I I, I will be, I'll be okay. Um, I, I don't have very many, well, I don't have any carbs in the house. Um but yeah, um, well, there's a thing called carb cycling, so that might that actually might help. it might actually help because uh, I haven't had a cheat you know a a cheat meal finger quotes uh, in over a month, and you do need to carb cycle every once in a while. Um, you, you're supposed to have oh you know every so often, like once a week maybe you know, is, is perfectly fine. Not necessarily like an entire pizza fine, but like a slice of pizza is okay. Um, I've been doing okay. I've been doing this. Uh, so been, you know, living life a little bit. Um, so there was a, uh, I went to a show the other night. Um, 
band I like a lot called Pedro the Lion, uh, old indie rock band, kind of uh, their own thing. Think uh, even slower, My Bloody Valentine, if you know what that is. But uh, a lot of uh, life stories. Sometimes they're really, really fucking loud. Sometimes they're not so loud. Anywho, um, ended up being the typically one of my top ten bands to see live. Um, ended up being the worst show that I've ever seen them put on. And it was it was boring as fuck. And the new stuff wasn't really what I liked that much. And I'm not like a guy that's like, oh yeah, the new stuff always sucks kind of thing. Because I'm quite the opposite most of the time. This time, that's what they played. And then they didn't do it encore. And they got off stage. And I was actually way more of a fan of the opening band. Which is a band called Oceanator out of Brooklyn. Um, but anywho... Um, I got really bored, and so me and my buddy Ryan just drank a lot, <laughs> a lot. Just, <laughs> I think I pounded eight beers inside of three hours. Lightweight. I mean, and, <laughs> well, I mean, for, I, for where for where you're at, yeah, with, that with was keto. that was a lot, yeah. So I ended up drinking about four bottles of water afterwards, but like I just drank nonstop. I was so bored. Oh well, and beer wasn't too bad. Uh, I think it was, well. That's five bucks a beer, but, um, yeah, so that was my version of carb cycling. And then the, wow. other, the other night I had tacos, but honestly, it, that was the only carbs I had that day. So I can't, I continue to lose weight when I check the next morning. Oh, well, I mean, so I'm very comfortably in a large shirt right now. Well, I, I wish I could say the same. Uh, well, you're also got about four or five inches on me. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So uh, on the on the uh, on tacos, I, I saw, I, and I'm going to have to show you this, like you know, off the show. But uh, there's a um, uh, there's a recipe for you know carbless you know tortillas that I found. Is it worth a damn? I it looks okay. I haven't tried it. Uh, I haven't tried I'm actually them. Okay with just throwing taco stuff on lettuce at this point i mean at this yeah for me it's it's not a thing i don't use any kind of tortillas but the store-bought like keto tortillas the finger quotes toward keto tortillas those are not good for you um i actually found that's what's been knocking me out off off my diet is the stuff that's like that yeah but i'll show you that off you know you know a little bit later but look up you know if you're interested look up uh uh you know uh, keto tortilla shells or Basically, like egg and a couple types of flour, uh, but yeah, they they look good. Yeah, the only other thing of note I did is I rearranged the podcast room, and me and my friend uh, cleaned the fuck out of this room. You forgot um, the fan, though. No, I, yeah, well, no, we were decluttering. <laughs> There's a uh, four bags of four lawn bags of fat clothes that were in that closet, well as well as a printer from like 1996. Oh my god! And a bunch of old tech of stuff that I don't really need that I just tossed in a garbage bag. My trash can is full as fuck right now. Um, so yeah, that closet was filled to the top with fucking old clothes, um, some old stuff from my ex and, uh, just, just just junk. Like I, I remember that, that closet, open it. We couldn't open it because if you did, things would start to fall out of it. That was one of the last big clutter projects I have in the house, aside from back there. But, uh, yeah, so, like, it's like I got my office stuff off to one side. I've got the podcast stuff on this side. There's enough room to breathe in here, actually. 
That's yeah. it. It's way more and open. I, and I told you, removing just a little bit of soundproofing and moving it to the side would not make a lot of difference. And that's that's okay. It's kind of you know the the soundproofing was a little overboard in this room. I think, but well, we did a we did an episode before we had the soundproofing, and remember, it sounded like we we're in a basketball gym. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is this, still fine. This is still making it well. The way our voices are projecting is not on bouncy things. Right. Exactly. We're yeah, we're fine. Then we're using better mics, but yeah. you're you're still projecting into sound blankets, though, which already helps. Yes, exactly. It's it's, it's definitely definitely better than it was before. Um, but Granted, yeah. when we originally set up those sound blankets, we were planning that table to be in the middle of the room and four people around it. True, true. Uh, so we did what, like I'd say, ninety percent coverage of the walls. Uh, yeah. we didn't need to do all that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it works great. This actually works fine. Yes. And then it doesn't look as weird on camera when at work because none of the soundproofing makes it into the camera now. Okay. That's... And none of my microphones and none of the clutter. So it's, it looks like I'm in a normal home office now. That's good. Because it did really kind of have throw off a weird dungeon vibe because there was just all this black behind me all the time. So I'd either blur my background or throw on some kind of official like work logo behind me to offset it when I was welcoming new employees, <laughs> just so there wasn't weird. It's questions. just a it's a black as the new green screen. Okay, come on. Uh, <laughs> well, I just I didn't really need new employees. Find them in this podcast. Ah, uh, that's true. That's true. Welcome new employees. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jason, you're remote today. What's the reason that you're remote? Oh. I'm I'm remote because you know tomorrow is Easter and I have to get up early and get shit ready at the place that we're going to be doing our activities for the day. Oh, that's right. Easter is a family holiday. Oh my god. Wait. Oh look my at, god. Look at what me and you don't oh have to do, god. Rusty. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well. You, the, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to lunch, go to lunch with my mom and dad because my 82 year old grandpa's gonna, and my uncle's gonna be there. I mean, but that's like Easter a, just reminds hour. me of mimosas. So yeah, it's, it's a two hour commitment out of my day. Okay, well I don't have that commitment at all. Uh, Easter used to be one of my you know my favorite holidays growing up, only because I got to like you know do the whole like egg dipping thing, um, and it was it it, it is. The only reason why I know how to hard boil an egg, literally the only reason, because that was the only time my family would ever hard boil eggs is, well, there was two times, Easter, and then there was deviled eggs for Christmas, and that was the only two. Well, all I remember is having to go to church, what felt like forever oh, when I was a kid. Oh, God. It's like, I more, understand. Like, like, Saturday, there's... My family's pretty religious, so there was a Friday night service, a Saturday night service, a Sunday morning service, and a Sunday night service. Oh, my gosh. So there was a lot of freaking church for me as a kid. Now I don't have to do all that, so I just have to go over for lunch. And I don't even get obligated to go to the Easter service anymore, so I guess I'm okay. Jason, sounds like you have a full day. Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. I will have a full day. Rip. Right? Yeah. It's <laughs> an Easter joke. <laughs> You're terrible. You're horrible. It's, it's a dead joke. It's spot on, though. Uh, 
So, shit, um, I think it's, uh, oh, fuck, how do I segue off of that? (laughs) We're gonna rip right into some games. Oh, oh, speaking of dying a lot, uh, Elden Ring. (laughs) Terrible. Horrible. I need to work on it. Um, but yeah, dude, we, you know, it's been a, it's been a couple weeks. I know you guys talked a little, you know, a bit about. Uh, about Elden Ring and your experience last week, uh, just from me scrubbing through the podcast last week. Um, but um, what you guys don't know, what the listeners don't know, is I also completed that game. Well, I, I told the listeners that you did, but I didn't say anything about your experience. Ah, okay. Well, I completed it before you did. Aha. I beat it. I, I beat a Souls game before Justin completed his. But that's only because I've got way more fucking free time, right? Well, he put 139 hours. I put 143 hours into it. No. Yeah. Are you sure? 100% sure. Okay. Well, you did a couple extra bosses that I might not have done. Um, I know that you did a couple more things that I didn't, uh, that I didn't do. Uh, but yeah, um, only because I didn't know they were there or I hadn't, I didn't search them out. Uh, but yeah, um, Elden Ring, fuck me, that game, that game ruined me on all other games for a full fucking week. I, (laughs) no shit, could not get into any other game because Elden Ring was that goddamn good. Um, total surprise, like, absolutely fucking surprised me. Uh, was not. You know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a Souls fan like you are. Like, I have actually nothing but negative experiences with the whole Souls franchise, and I thought that Elden Ring was going to be just the same. Uh, when I bought it, it was like this is a sixty dollar risk because I don't know if I'm going to like it. Uh, I, I could not stop playing it once I started. Uh, and the the mentality change, you know, the mentality change that I had, uh, you know, right at the very beginning of the game, like it was the first few times you died to the first group of soldiers or the uh, uh, the dude on the horse right at the beginning of the game kind of like punches you in the nuts and says, OK, you need to slow down um, before you even start running. Um, but yeah, the mentality change that I took was laugh at your mistakes, learn from them, move on and be more careful, you know, take things a little more methodically. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, you're probably going to fail a few times, but it's, it's, it's all going to, you know, it's, it's all going to work out eventually You're or either, you're going to go and get level, you know, level up, get better, you know, get better gear, or you're going to learn to fucking dodge when you're supposed to dodge. Um, a lot of that is in Elden Ring. I think that it's, it's, uh, it's a bit more approachable than all of the other Souls games that I've played before. Like it, it, it just seemed more intuitive is the way that it, you know, the, it comes down to is like, you can approach this at multiple different angles. A lot of the, uh, uh, a lot of like the world bosses can be approached literally from, you know, multiple different angles because it's in the open world. Uh, whereas, uh, the, the rooms that are like the fog rooms, the, the golden fog rooms, 
uh, where the bosses are. Uh, those are like set encounters, but the addition of the uh, the spirit ashes, you know, uh, helps people like me have a little bit more support without having to rely on the uh, uh, you know the multiplayer facet of like using the you know the the floor runes to summon other players. I wanted to play this game as solo as possible. Um, I was only invaded maybe twice the entire time. Uh, and they weren't really like super consequential. Like, yeah, I died. It set me back about five minutes, but the amount of checkpoints in that game definitely makes it easier for you to go back and get your runes. Uh, and you know, just kind of move on from, you know, from those, uh, those negative experiences in, in, in my you know, in, in my view, I don't like, I did I never liked the Souls PvP. I, I don't like PvP in many games, but the Souls PvP was more of like, you know what, we're going to throw a fuck you curveball, right? Because most of the time the people who are, uh, are invading are invading because they want to PvP, and most of the people that get invaded aren't necessarily ready for that, right? It's... It's bound to a range of levels, though. Right, and I think I so within ten levels of you. And I think I, you know, out leveled most of what the PVPers, you know, the PVPers were like sitting at about one hundred and twenty-five level, one hundred and twenty-five, because that was the Reddit agreed upon meta, I guess. Yeah, um, there's usually at a. A meta level that everybody kind of agrees on for different games, for different Souls games that they PvP at, and so they'll stay. The people that like to PvP, they have there's a Souls Fight Club rules that are set for each of the games. And for example, like Bloodborne's like level one twenty, or I think level ninety or something like that. Okay. And so at that meta, that's where most people just leave a character at that level. So and then they all you know that when you get to that level, there's a high likelihood of PvP. Yeah. And it's at certain areas. Right. Like, there's a whole Reddit threads dedicated to this where they have, like, these certain points that are, like, high engagement areas that everybody goes to. And that way they know where they can PvP and get regular PvP a lot. Right. And and the the thing about, you know, the Elden Ring PvP is you could get invaded literally anywhere in the world. Um, but there are hot spots that you can see on the map that, you know, you can kind of either go to or avoid. Um, the, um, and they, they, I think they mark it with gravestones, right? Well, the, uh, it's like a sword in the ground and then there's a bunch of, uh, headstones or something. Well, I saw the sword in the ground, which, you know, what I didn't know is that the sword in the ground is actually lore points. So oh, okay. the, I thought the it had big, something to do with PvP. Yeah, I thought it did too because I uh, I'd always you know gotten you know the the two times that I got invaded was right near the uh, the swords, but if you go up to the uh, to the big sword in the middle of that, there is a little like plaque at the you know, base of the sword that you can read a little bit of the the world lore there, which is you know is okay, but it's basically like a point of like battle in in the lore. Uh, that's, that's where I saw that. So, um, overall though, uh, what, I, what I came away from 
Elden Ring was um, without like going into like the late game shit because I think I talked a little bit about some of the later bosses. Um, the uh, you know once I completed the game, first of all, the last boss kind of like was yeah, it's kind of like a Pokemon. The last, uh, the last dragon I thought was better than the last boss. Yeah, the last dragon is definitely better than the last if, boss. If you can find him. Yeah. Um, he's kind of a secret boss, though. Um, but once you, once I completed that game, like, you know, just like any Souls ending, it's kind of like, okay, um, what was that? You don't necessarily play the game, Souls games for an ending. You play the Souls games because that whole fucking journey is like an epic journey, right? Uh, the, the ending being like 30 seconds long is kind of poetic in a way. Um, because you're like, okay, well, I mean, it's better than just rolling right to credits when you hit the button. Right. Um, but the, uh, the, the overall, like when I say that it ruined me on, you know, on other games, it definitely did. It changed my opinion of, uh, horizon forbidden West uh, to actually be lower than Elden Ring. Um, uh, I found the non-handholdiness, like the raw exploration of Elden Ring was a joy, uh, something that was completely missing from most other games. Uh, just the sense of, I need to slow down in this spot so that I can take it all in, you know? And, you know, understanding the different cues of, like, there's headstones here, so there's probably going to be skeletons. Uh, there's, you know, this area is near one of the minor Erd trees, so there probably is going to be a boss underneath the tree. I see a lot of bloodstains. I see a lot of bloodstains. This is either going to be a very difficult spot or there's a lot of people jumping off of a cliff for some reason. Uh, um, uh, and it was the first time that I had actually played a Souls-like game fully mm. online. Um, in most of my other Dark Souls you know, forays, uh, I've gone into offline mode because... I didn't like the whole idea of being invaded, right? Um, and seeing those notes on the ground was addictive. Like seeing, you know, seeing the, you know, secret passage ahead, even if you know that there is no secret passage ahead was kind of like, it's still kind of an addicting, you know, uh, addicting thing. Leaving, uh, leaving comments and getting, you know, getting praises for them. Especially when you're fighting a boss and you get like all of your hit points back. <laughs> That's really great. Um, you know, uh, so I refused there, to play Elden Ring offline. There was a point where those, uh, the servers went down and I just, I waited for it to come back up. They're not really the hardest games out there. They're just challenging. It takes, uh, and that was the thing. It's, it takes a, a different mentality. Like you have to take away Neo, um, Neo, and Neo Two are certainly much harder than the Souls games. Well, uh, and and that's I, I've seen some of those. I haven't even touched them, fuckers, because I mean, anything harder than a Souls game, I, I was like, okay, if it's Souls like and it's harder, I'm like, fuck that shit. Um, but 
the the difference in mentality, the change in you know change in the way that you think. It's not necessarily, uh, you know, it's not like Forbidden West where you can just like load a checkpoint. You know, you have consequences. You die. You have to go get your souls. Uh, and the uh, the enemies, if you uh, if you just try to fucking like, you know, button mash through your enemies, they will fucking punish you for it. Uh, you have to be methodical about how you, you know, make, you know, do your attacks and shit like that. So you have to slow down. You have to read your fucking opponent. You have to do you, So it was slowing down, laughing at my mistakes and using what I learned from monster hunter to read it, you know, read attacks before they hit. And that was, that was the, the whole like key to success for me. And I got through that entire fucking game. What's your uh, what's your rating now? Oh, it's easily right now at the top spot for game of the year. Uh, as as of right now. Well, if you had to give it a number, if I had to give it a number, it is as close to five as I could probably give it. Um, without because no game is perfect, mind you. Like there is always room for improvement. Um, and there is a couple things that. You know, just some minor gripes. Like I can't even point them out right now, but I can tell you that there there were some minor gripes that I had uh, with uh, with the game. Uh, so four point seven, point point eight, four point nine, somewhere in that area. It's like really fucking close to five. I think I gave it a four nine last week. Yeah, and that and and I didn't even hear that. So I'm glad that we're kind of on the same page there. It's pretty fucking, you know, it's like one of the times where I think Metacritic, well, it just aligns with my opinion, but I also, there's a lot of people that also kind of agree with me. I mean, and that there's, it's doing so well that people just are hating it to hate it. Right. Yeah. I noticed that there's, there's a few people that are just like, Oh God, this is just a hype train going on. on, on." Like, look, seriously, this game is better than you think. If you, if you like that style of game and you play it, then you will realize it's, uh, it's their crowning achievement. If, if if even if you don't like that game, there are so many people. Like, look at the fucking player statistics of uh, of like the max players of Dark Souls, like any of the Dark Souls, and then this the max players of Elden Ring. It's like four times as many. Yeah, there's way more people that's played Elden Ring than there was any uh, you know the any of the Dark Souls games. It broke from soft out of a niche into the mainstream. And that is actually it's a good great. thing. It's I think that's fucking amazing. I'd rather games like this break out in the mainstream than another Call of Duty. True. I mean, or Fortnite. We we desperately needed a game like it though. Like Elden Ring. Like going into Elden Ring, I didn't have very high hopes, and I I came away actually fucking amazed. Like, well, it's great. I'm going to divert. To something similar in a minute, but before I do, Jason, what did you have going on? I'm still just playing Death Stranding in spurts. Um, an, an equally weird game. Norman, yeah. I mean, it's it's still a unique game. I it's love good, that game. It's a good game, though. Yeah, I love that game. I mean, <clears throat> that's a. a I actually thought about bringing uh, coming back up, uh, going back to it because there was the director's cut for it. Uh, that just came did, out. Are you playing? <coughs> did they upgrade you to the director's cut, Jason? Uh, let me look real quick. I'm not sure. 
I think it's like a $9 upgrade or a $10 upgrade to go to the director's cut. I'm not sure what it does, but, you know, anything, you know, like Hideo Kojima and director's cut, you kind of want to do because... Um, actually, I've, I've been considering it, too. Yeah, because I, I was thinking about, you know, playing it again just to see what changed, you know, and what a- added extra stuff that... Did. I mean, that guy is like... Playing his games is like looking into looking into a weird acid trip, right? You know, because you're trying to figure out what the hell he's well, thinking. There's that, and then I really like the soundtrack to that game. It was yeah, actually I'd really have to good. Buy the ten dollar upgrade. You did. So, I would have to. I think you should. Does it does it tell you what it includes? Let's see here. I didn't look into it. Like I just saw that it was on on my Steam as a director's cut, and I'm like, hmm. yeah, I actually have it on Epic. So, because it was an Epic exclusive for a while, wasn't it? I think so. I think I, I ended up picking it up on Steam late. <clears throat> Includes uh, high increased frame rate, photo mode, ultra wide mod or support. Okay. I mean, I, that that sells me on it right there. Oh, yeah, you played it with um, that little white support. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like that's, that's it for now, other than just some cosmetics for 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 uh, Bridges and, and the BB. Okay, all right. It sells me on it from a the increased frame rate because I mean that game is already visually impressive. Well, um, I was already running at four K sixty, so I don't know if I need to. I kind of want to support <laughs> Kojima, even though he's you know fucking millionaire. But I really want to continue to support that huge independent studio that is making quality products. You know what i I want to uh, I want to support anybody that can flip off fucking like konami and be like you know i'm gonna be successful and then prove that they can well yeah he's like oh you don't want to make my games anymore you don't want to produce them okay fine i'll just do it myself and i'm gonna make this weird fucking game that you guys probably don't think is gonna do anything and then make it sell fucking bajillions right it's like the biggest fucking middle finger (laughs) it's quote unquote a walking simulator that's somehow fun right and it's just twisted enough to keep people fucking guessing all the way up to the end. It's crazy. Well, it ties it to a store. It's the best uh, futuristic, post-apocalyptic Amazon delivery simulator ever. And actually, right. and, and by the end of that game, you are uh, you you actually come away from it thinking about things differently. I actually got to the very end and never finished it. So okay, like I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil anything. But well, Jason hasn't gotten in super far yet. Either. Right, I'm not gonna spoil anything. But by the time you get to the end of the game, you will start thinking about things differently. Jason, when you do finally have yeah. to deliver a dead body, you need to deliver that dead body and make it your fucking priority. I will say that. Yes. Because um, yes. <laughs> oh, while I I mean the game basically forces you to deliver one at the beginning later on it's going to be way harder right so Uh, so yes there's there's a thing there's a lot of reasons for that that are very weird in kojima e and it's amazing the first time you fail (laughs) it's just i'm just gonna say (laughs) 
it's it's uh, it's amazing the first time you fail. Um, that game is so weird. Yes, it is very. Oh weird. yeah, it is. But it's it's that same. Uh, you know, even with the walking <laughs> in between, it's still that same kind of cathartic puzzle solving I was getting from Hitman. It's just it's a it's a giant ass puzzle. Like, you know, it's what kind of terrain can I traverse? How do I get over here? Do I need to build like extra infrastructure to make this trip easier? Do I need ladders? Do I have enough uh do I have enough anchor <laughs> points? Um can I uh, can I cross this river without like losing all of my packages? How do I get my packages back? How do I deliver a pizza? Yeah. Um, <laughs> do, do I have enough materials to build a bridge if none of those things work? Oh yeah. The, uh, yeah, the bridges yeah. that you, uh, that you can build over, uh, over the ravines or using Start. other people's, you know, stuff. Have you started seeing other people's stuff yet? Oh yeah, like straight away. Right. So, like uh, you know, other people's stuff. If you leave likes on their stuff, then you end up seeing more of their stuff. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, which is helpful for people who did actually spend a lot of time building those bridges. Um, I think it's a really ingenious in a weird sort of way. It's it's very connected in a lonely way. Like you don't ever see other people, but you see what they've left behind. And that is It's the perfect like introvert social game. It is. It is. It very is. It very much is. It's like I see what you le- uh, left me. I'm going to leave a like because it was very helpful at this particular moment. There was uh, I, I can tell you that I, I left likes on every bridge that I went across. Uh, and there was a couple, um, like rope anchor points that were, that were just in key positions. Like I fell into this little area. Oh, there's a rope that's there. Somebody else fell into the same area. Okay. I'm going to use this rope to get the fuck out. It's great. Like these are, these are, these are the things that I look for in, uh, you know, like a hands off social way. Right. Well, Jason, I hope you continue to play it because I think you're going to continue to like it. It's and it's a pretty oh. long game. It's like fifty at fifty sixty hours, right, Rusty? I think that's about what I spent on it. Um, you can spend a lot more. Like, well, if you want to go on a bridge building <coughs> exposition expose or like really, I focused on infrastructure for a while. When you get to the second area of that game, uh, where the you know where you can start actually like it's a lot bigger area. Um, you can start dumping resources into things. You can spend a lot of time in that area. Um, and I think, I think I sped through that area way too quickly. Uh, but most of the game is played in the second area. I, yeah, I had built roads literally everywhere. Right. And that's, and that is, that absolutely key. Like you have to keep them up too. Like, Sometimes you'll get people that'll help, you know, build those roads. Maybe you um, like start a project sometimes and they come back and like there was more of it done. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like I, I started a bridge once and then all of a sudden I came back and the bridge was done. I'm like, oh, well, thank you for that. Uh, and I think it shows 
who uh, contributed to it too, so you can leave them likes. Well, I was contributing to other projects that I saw popping up too. I'd be like, "Oh, you already got part of that done. I'll I'll throw some more shit this way." I mean, if you uh, if you want to farm likes, that's the way to do it: is start projects, uh, because you know the, the you know those those roads and those bridges they automatically leave a like when you go across them, um, and. People will go across them, like, all the time. So, definitely worth playing, dude. And if you, you know, if you can afford the extra 10 bucks, tell, tell me what fucking changes. If there's any, you know, if there's got to be more than just, you know, just extra graphic support. Well, there's, there's not much else out there. So, after I finish my current project, I may jump in at some point, too. I, uh... It, that's just what was lit. That was just what was on the fairly vague and limited description on on Steam. I'm I'm sure the dire- uh, the director's cut has more of a Ko- uh, Kojima touch in it somewhere. So, was there anything else that you had been playing, Jason, or is it just mostly Death Stranding? Yeah, uh, I didn't have much time to play this week, so I basically put the couple of hours that i had in the death straining yeah it'll give you a lot more than I, two more right yeah i want i want to get through that game i don't I blame you way too many people including you two tell me that it was worth it so. i mean it's it, well me and jason looked it made like a number five back in uh 2020 was that yet jason yeah yeah it made a yeah, number 2020. five yeah i mean it it's it was a it was a great game. Like I'm I don't I don't know if I really appreciated it as much as I do now, but it is a game that you just kinda look back on. Uh and you're like, you know what? The things that I remember about that game wasn't necessarily the walking. You know? No, it's it's the story, it's the building, it's the zen, it's the moment's attention and then Realizing at a certain point that the enemies really aren't as much of a threat as you thought they were because you have way more tools to deal with them. Right. Initially, though, they are a super pain in the ass. Right. The, you know... Remember I, that rain freaks you out? Oh, yeah. Fucking rain freaked me out. Um, There was... Oh, God. Uh, it, the, the, the constant worry of certain kinds of enemies... Um. Uh, the and I, I'm not going to get into any any specifics, but there's a there's a certain kind of enemy that like takes the game rules and throws it on their head, uh, and uh, it's much later in the game, so you'll 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 get there eventually, but the game rules of like try not to kill anybody, they th- yeah it. They're like, yeah, no, fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, some of the the boss encounters are really weird too. Oh yeah, um, it's when very you get Metal to your Gear. First... Uh, like the it's 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 got some Metal Gear Solid style like uh, encounters. Um, you will get to a point, Jason, where it is very combat heavy for just a little bit, which is kind of weird. Yeah, because. <laughs> There's, there's the majority a, of the game is not like that. You'll get in points where it's like fucking commando style. It, it does, I mean, it that's changes. not com- 
completely unexpected considering well when you're dealing with the the mission that the game gives you no you're you'll see what i'm talking about soon okay yeah it's i won't go into any specifics but there's there's some uh uh there are you can definitely tell the the influence of the metal gear games in those particular of uh, uh scenarios it's where Kojima kind of comes out and says, hey, this is actually a Kojima game. <laughs> yeah. It'll be it'll be cool, though, when you run into it. I uh, So, in the spirit of old games, well, I'll go over the one new game I've got, and then I'll go through old games. Okay. So, Planet Crafter is something I picked up um, on the super early access because it had an overwhelmingly positive review, and I had it on my wish list. It is a game about terraforming. It's kind of like a kind of like a Subnautica. There's not really any enemies per se, at least not to my knowledge. Um, it is a finite scripted area about maybe a quarter the size of the uh, Subnautica map, but it's all on foot. Okay. And you start with Mars, basically, red planet, and then you turn it into a habitable place, and it the change comes in chunks so sometimes it's really subtle so essentially like you've got pressure that you'd get to generate pressure oxygen and uh what is the other thing biomass biomass is one of them and one other thing but anywho um you're generating basically you're terraforming right and mm-hmm. it's not like completely scientific by any means but essentially you start off by putting these like planet drills that generate pressure and then oxygen generators that generate oxygen. And you start off with that. And the first checkpoint is turning the sky blue because you're building an atmosphere. So that's the first major checkpoint for going from red planet with like fucking asteroids hitting the planet and a big old like cratered area to having a blue sky. And then asteroids start crashing a little bit more often And after a while, it starts to rain. And then after it starts to rain, it starts to flood. And after it starts to flood, you start to get some biomass, which means, like, moss. And after you get moss, you start to get grass. And then after you get grass, you start to get trees. Wow. And so I'm in a place where I have trees and grass and water, and I'm working on bugs, which I guess is the next thing. Um, with my biomass, okay, it's creatures, but it slogs towards the end because I don't, it, I don't think they've developed enough for the quote-unquote late game. It's kind of a slog right now. So at about twenty hours in, I was like, okay, I'm gonna put it in my play after early access bucket and play it later. And I kind of shelved it, but I did get about twenty hours out of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it was like twenty bucks on you know on Steam and early yeah. access, so it's. Uh, I think it'll be really cool once it's like I had a lot of fun up to the point where I was just waiting on a meter to fill essentially because you've got power needs, right? The power starts off with wind with uh, wind turbines, right? Because mm-hmm. you're generating all this atmosphere and it's causing stuff to blow around. And somehow there's some kind of wind still on this planet, even initially. So that's how you get your energy initially is wind turbines. And I think it should be solar panels. But then you move to solar panels and then to big solar panels then to nuclear reactors, then to big nuclear reactors, and then to fusion reactors, which I haven't quite got to yet. 
But those power needs are what you need to generate the pressure, what you need to generate the algae to generate the, like all the things, right? Right. So you're always limited by how much power you can generate. And the power is, you know, what kind of materials can I find? Because you go through and you pick up things off nodes, right? You'll see a node that you essentially pick up a chunk of silicon, a chunk of iron, a chunk of aluminum, right? Which doesn't, I don't know. You know, cobalt, like magnesium. This shit's just laying on the fucking ground. Right. It's just laying on the ground. You use your little planet tool thing to pick it up. And then it magically goes into your backpack and you've got so many spots. And you build upgrades off of that and eventually have a base that has a whole bunch of lockers. And you're gated by your food, your water, and your air. And you generate food by finding stuff in wrecks initially. So it's just labeled space food. Um. And then eventually you start planting eggplants and mushrooms and onions and stuff like that. And you're eating vegetables that you're growing. And then those vegetables also are part of different projects that you have for this biomass. Like I was taking tree bark. It's making something called a mutagen along with bacteria to create a new form of tree. So like I GMO'd my way to new plant species uh, to plant on this barren wasteland but yeah like there's a whole desert area that now has like oasises now in my game which is kind of cool interesting it sounds like something that i would uh, i'd get into because uh, i definitely like that kind of a progression system especially something that changes the world um that you know that is an interesting concept the whole idea of terraforming someplace while you're building on something yeah you just you build machines to generate the needs to terraform essentially and the scale on those machines gets larger and larger and larger as you go to generate more magical meter things right and of course the landscape changes because certain areas that you might have started in may have flooded so you have to the quick tip i will give to you is you start off in a bowl Mm -hmm. you need to start your base outside of the bowl go to high ground and that's where you start Okay. Because it will flood. Right. And that will turn into a lake. And it doesn't mean that you couldn't go back in your base under the water, but it'll be kind of a pain in the ass. Right. And it'll be easier if you don't build your base underwater. Okay. That makes sense. But you can build your bases vertically um, if you wish to. You could just make a huge tower, which would be kind of a pain in the ass. Um, I just went with a big square complex, and now I kind of feel like I should have just made some long houses that were all interconnected. But I ended up making modules that were different sections of the base that had different uses. And so my base is like spoked out that way that I got to go between buildings for different types of things. Yeah. You saw what I did in arc. Uh, yeah. Everything would be centralized and in a fairly large building with a very specific location for everything. I do have specific locations for the different materials in my main building, but like my, I have a lab for plant shit that's outside of that. I have a rocket launching platform to launch things into space. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> I have some grow labs that have different projects in them. So, so I, I, I would hate your base design is what, what you're saying? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So moving on from that. <laughs> Um, I did play a little bit more in the early access realm of Vampire Survivors and unlocked uh, three new characters. They have two new levels and they have objectives. Um, and it is getting harder and harder at this point. 
Um, they've got a hyper mode and then another mode on top of it where extra special boss enemies appear and add additional statuses. And now there's this thing that adds like a mutator to your level that you can pick at the, at the start. They also added extra evolutions for a lot of the weapons and added new weapons into the game. Um, for example, they had the, an old weapon that's now got a mutagen that used to be called the, well, it was a pentagram. What the pentagram would do is it just wiped the whole screen clear, and then once you got it to max level, it would leave stuff behind. Initially, it wipes even of the gems away. But at max level, it starts zapping the most powerful enemies on the map, and then giving you extra XP for it, and then it sucks all that shit back to you, so it's like a really fast extra level every time it like charges up. So it does it about once every... I could be off, but like maybe once a minute, it's doing that and giving you like an extra level plus clearing the fucking screen is fucking OP as fuck. Um, really great towards the later stages when things are really fucking chaotic. Okay. Um, but yeah, Vampire Survivors continues to evolve and continues to get better. And I only, it's a run based game, so it's easy to continue to play this in early access because it's really fucking fun. Yeah, it's, well, I mean,. It is the best $3 I've spent all year. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I was about to say, it's like $2.99, right? At full uh, price. It doesn't even have to go on sale. You want to know something? The, the you know, I, I watch, I don't watch a lot of streams, but I watch, like, the trends on streams. Uh, and there are a couple, uh, you know, a couple big streamers with, like, you know, not just a couple thousand people watching, but, like, multiple thousands of people watching. Uh, and they're playing, you know, Vampire Survivors, you hey, know, every I so mean, often. And I picked it up on a whim, too, because it was two ninety nine, and it was like, oh, it's trending on Steam, I want to look at this, it's two ninety nine. fuck it, right? I started playing it, and then, like, what, a month later, like, it started to kind of blow up? Yeah, I mean, we've, we saw some, you know, some things like that, small indie games that just kind of blow up, right? Um, Valheim was one of them. Um, small indie game blew up like fucking mad. Um, Vampire Survivor seems, you know, a bit more basic than, you know, than that, but it's got a lot more complexity that can be built into it, you know, based off the fact that it's a run based game. Yeah. They've already, since I've started playing, there's like three times more things to do than there was when I first started already. Right. So they add, they add updates every week to that game. Like here's two more things that we added. Well, I mean... For for what they're uh, what they're selling it for, it's easy to get in. It's like low barrier to entry. Uh, the runs can you know are not necessarily super fucking long. Uh, Fifteen to thirty minutes, depending on how you play it. Uh, when you get routinely to the thirty minute mark, that's when you know you've got good runs going. Right, but there's you're building unlocks, and then you you kind of. Like, they even have an unlock right now called Purge, which will let you permanently get rid of one of the rolls that you get when you do an unlock, or when you do, you know, when you level up. So if I don't want whips for some reason now, I can purge it, and it'll no longer show up, which gives me a higher likelihood of something else that I want. And now they even show what things need to to evolve. So once you get something and you're using it, if the second item comes up that it needs to evolve, it'll show the icon of what it needs what it pairs with to evolve with later so you don't accidentally fuck up your run. Which Because I used to just look at a list of things to keep my... I know most of it now by heart, but I used to look at a list of things when I was playing it. Okay. 
it's it's not a game that I actually picked up. I probably could. Um, it's the price of a king size candy bar. Um, I mean, nowadays, yeah, I guess, but um, it's less than the price of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Uh, it's less than a price of a dozen of eggs. Um, yeah, it seems like a no brainer. I'll probably pick it up, you know, at some point. Um, <clears throat> definitely, you know, it's definitely getting out there. Though there are people like playing it on Twitch, and that is helping this game. That's what helped Valheim out was people picked it up on Twitch and started playing it for, like, way more hours than the developer thought that people would play it. So, it brings me to something else that's old as new. So, me and Jason talked about, Jason, this was on a whim. So, last week we were comparing graphics and I pulled up Bloodborne. And I completely forgot how to play Bloodborne, but last week on our break, so, in Bloodborne you have to die before you can get weapons. Because weapons don't drop from enemies the same way that they do in the other Souls games. You don't farm weapons from enemies. You find them as drops. Or you beat bosses and then you're able to purchase those weapons from the vendor. It has a hub world like the Nexus. Kind of like, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, Demon Souls. Okay. And you have to die to get there. Well, there is a werewolf at the very beginning of the game that I slap, fu- I slap fought to death. And killed with Jason, which built my confidence up. I was like, I guess I'm a pretty good slap fighter. Then I slap fought my way through like the first couple of like mobs of enemies. I was like, I'm doing all right. And then I finally died. I was like, all right, I've, I've got my dodge tools ready for this. And so yesterday I reopened Bloodborne and got into Bloodborne. And then this time I was like, all right, so I'm not going to get anything by like slap fighting the werewolf at the very beginning. I'm going to go ahead and just let him eat my lunch so I can go pick out a weapon. And. I didn't really understand the builds. I don't now. I understand the builds again, um, which I'll kind of go through real quick, just so people know what is what, because it does take a readjustment of thinking. But the blood echoes are their souls variant for this, right? So what they call is blood echo echoes, and it works the same as they do in all the souls games, right? You can pick up extra ones that you can spend. Same principles apply. If you got a levels worth of souls, use the levels worth of souls. Um, once you get there. Um, you can work between stuff from the get-go as you unlock their lampposts in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got three basic builds. you got a strength, a dex, and a arcane build. The arcane build for this is for um, bullets. Okay. They do have spells in this, which takes a little bit more getting used to in this game. It doesn't unlock sorcery the same way, and I think you need to know, I haven't found a single spell yet, and I've been playing it for about 10 hours. And I don't remember where they're at, so I probably, I don't know if spells give you your health back, but the one big thing that is about Bloodborne dodge is way better than Elden Ring. And that, except instead of dodging away, you dodge through and two things. And it likes to mob up enemies. So Elden Ring, probably if you've played that recently, has gotten you used to dealing with packs of enemies. Mm-hmm. Demon Souls and Dark Souls really wants you to focus on an enemy at a time most of the time. Um, there is no shield in Blood... Well, there is a joke shield in Bloodborne. Yes, I remember the joke shield. Um, it's a piece of trash. Um, <laughs> the flimsy shield or whatever the fuck it's called. 
To refresh people, the way that you get your crits in this game is two ways. Um, as somebody is winding up and they have began to do their attack animation, you shoot, and that interrupts them, and then you move right up to them and you R1 them in the face, and that does a big crit attack, which is pretty powerful. The other way is you sneak up behind them and you hold your R2 and you hit them with a overpowered hit from your weapon, and then you follow it up, and then that's how you backstab. Okay. So it's not... And most of the other Souls games, you just get behind something and R1 it, and that's your backstab. Or you roll past them and R1 it. Well, you can roll past them this time and do a charge attack and then get a backstab that way, too. But it wants you to use the charge. There's a lot more focuses on the heavy attacks with Bloodborne um, in the other games, and a lot of focus on basically understanding that you're going to get hit and that you need to attack to get that health back. But some of the things that I've, I'm better with now after I've gotten through Elden Ring and playing that for a billion hours, um, is just reading the enemy types and then being okay with being a little bit aggressive with stuff. Um, and then being okay with being hit. The thing is you can farm up your health items at Bloodborne and a lot of enemies drop the blood vials, which are essentially your SS class. And any of the extra ones you pick up go into your box, but currently I can only hold 20. I know you can hold more at a certain point. I forgot what you need to do to get more. But you can hold 20 at a time, and you can kill enemies and pick up ones that you just use, so much like Elden Ring where you defeat a pack of enemies and you get your health flask back. Right. Kind of the same concept. You're constantly picking up these blood vials from different enemy types. You kind of get used to, like, it's the humanoid enemies that usually drop the blood vials. So I see humanoid. There's a lot of werewolves in this game. So are people in the middle of changing. It's very Victorian that way. Yeah. And so those are the guys that are dropping all the blood vials. But, uh, so I I have an abundance of them and I'm not worried too worried about it, but I've gotten through, let's see, Cleric Beast, Gaskion, and I'm working my way to the third boss right now. So the checkpointing on this is a little bit further away than some of the other games, but they're... I remember just like the other games, there's a lot of like unlocking a pass. So essentially I go exploring and if I unlock like two or three paths and I've got enough for a level or two, then I go back after I've undone something and then go level up real quick and spend a bunch of my not blood echoes. Um, they're just going to be, uh, they're just going to be souls because it's, that's just the way that I, I described everything, you know, in Elden Ring was that, yeah, I've got a bunch of souls, even though they were named runes. Um, but that's, you play that's kind of the same way. Um, but overall, um, I'm not nearly as intimidated by it as I was before. Like, there were some really big enemies. I was in a different headspace the last time I played Bloodborne. And I was like, some of these guys are really fucking hard. Like, I had no trouble with the Cleric Beast whatsoever. Got them on my second try. I remember trying him like 12 times last time before because I was so used to sword and board. And I wasn't as used to sword and board with Elden Ring because I did more of the dodge roll stuff and two-handed stuff. Right. I got used to Blasphemous Blade, which does its best work two-handed. So right. I uh, pretty much that and even my Angel Wing Scythe or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Right. I got used to using the power attacks with those weapons a lot which meant longer wind-ups and just having to dodge roll my way through a lot of stuff, that I was already kind of used to the same kind of play style of getting hit occasionally. And then, well, the Blasphemous Blade gets your health back. So, well, But yeah. similarly in, in this, you've got a pretty 
fairly, you know, like five, 10 seconds after you get hit to reclaim 95% of that health back just by hitting something. And you can even hit stuff after they die and it'll still give some, a meter of that health back. So on top of you being able to farm health as you go. So there are packs of enemies. You do have to play a little bit more aggressively. The R2 and this, I'm using the fucking axe because I'm going strength build right now. Um, I'm having a blast. I'm, I'm going to play again tonight after yeah. we're done podcasting. I, I'm just saying it was epic sitting there watching him fist one enemy after the other. <laughs> and he only got in trouble when he tried to have more than a threesome. I mean, that's true. But also, I'd forgot that you don't get a weapon till you die. So that was the thing I immediately did this playthrough as I went and died real quick to get my axe. And the axe is one of the better games, one of the better weapons that you fucking start with. So I think we're at a good place for a break. Yeah, Lola t- Lola says it's it's break time. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, be, we'll be right back. back oh yeah jason has to wake up at six in the morning and it is almost midnight so uh so he doesn't want to get three and a half hours of sleep and have a pizza coma i guess so <laughs> Wuss. i'm gonna give him some shit about that uh but then again you know he has to deal with the whole family thing and i have i have i i, I can go home and play video games so yeah well i mean for me <laughs> You have insomnia. I still haven't been able to surpass six and a half hours of sleep now for about three years. You know, when when I can act, uh, when I s- go to sleep, I can sleep. Like once I get there, I'm good. <laughs> you just haven't really got there. It's just getting there. It's like uh, there, there's uh, so as as I I guess as I get older, it's like okay, I want to do as much as I possibly can in the day. And, you know, and, and that definitely means that right near, right near the end of the day, I want to fucking be, you know, I, I want to get as much game in as possible, right? Because I don't get very many hours for game during the week. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, I say that, but I can, I can drop fucking like 60 hours on a in, fucking game in a in week. In two weeks, I've gotten 30 hours of gameplay. Yeah. Now, granted, I've been out doing things. Right, right, right. So, and, I I don't ever want to stop like playing games or do, doing whatever I'm doing. Uh, so, uh, if I'm really focused on something, I want to continue doing it, and that just keeps me up. Uh, and then my brain doesn't turn off, and then, you know, when it's supposed to turn off, Maybe just do you consume caffeine right before? I consume caffeine uh, from the time I wake up till the time I go to sleep. So maybe that's part of the issue. Maybe you should lay off the caffeine about five in the morning. You realize that if I lay off the caffeine at five o'clock in the morning, uh, I probably would just go to sleep at five o'clock in the morning, and that and that's not that's not good because I work till your, seven. <laughs> you should give yourself a cutoff time, like maybe nine o'clock in the morning or something. You got I gotta cut myself off. No, so some people drink like 
like heavily. I drink. Uh, I, I drink. I, I I drink. So this is pretty much most of what I drink right here is uh, is the sparkling ice plus caffeine. Uh, I actually just stole one of these off of the table as I was walking out the door, so I didn't have to stop by. It's seventy milligrams of caffeine per can. What's what's your uh, what's your bang there, guy? Um, it's not primarily caffeine. It's uh, it's a lot of niacin and B twelve. But this is just sparkling water. Yeah, I don't actually know how much caffeine is. In it's got to say. It's got to say. It's in little letters so that you know so that you can overlook it, but I'm pretty sure that that can has probably twice as much caffeine. I, I wouldn't doubt that it has probably a, well over a hundred. But on a normal day, I only drink one of these and then maybe a cup of coffee. Okay, well I I and don't drink today, coffee. I drank one of these in the morning and one of these at night. What I'm trying to say is, is it's not like I'm uh, I've got a fucking caffeine IV drip and I don't fucking drink like two pots of coffee a day is is what I'm trying to say. It's like I have a constant stream of caffeine, but it's low doses. Um, but I do want to bring something to the corner. We're talking about like what's going to come out, right? Yeah. So so I've got a release that's something that we've both played in early access that comes out next month. Ironically, mm-hmm. also comes out on Game Pass. Of course. Hard Space Shipbreaker. So, so Hard Space Shipbreaker that that's the one where you're chopping up, uh, chopping up the sh- uh, spaceships and throwing them in the nets and the you know the different furnaces and shit like that, right? Right for um, a payout. And it has extra challenges like the you know it's got the six degree you know the yeah is it six degrees of freedom the the whole the yeah. You're floating in space, and you have to thrust in all different directions. Correct. Uh, and if you thrust too hard in a direction, you'll bounce off of a fucking ship, or it'll knock something off into the fucking space, or whatever the fuck it is. Um, I found it really hard to play on keyboard and mouse, but apparently it's much better to play on a controller. Yeah, it's actually really easy on a controller. So, um... I think up I hope- and down is shoulder buttons, and then everything else is the d- directional... Uh- you use your right thumbstick to look in a direction and your left thumbstick to strafe plus go forward and backwards. Okay. So up and down is your shoulder button, so it's pretty easy. Okay. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it, it probably would be a lot easier on a controller. I don't think I tried it on a controller because I didn't have one that was set up for it at the time that I played that you, game. Yeah, you'd have to W-A-S-D-Q-E probably mouse, yeah. which for... A game that's based on movement, I wouldn't use a keyboard and mouse. No, well, it'd be like driving a car with a keyboard and mouse. The the one problem or I had, a spaceship. I think the problem I had the you know the biggest problem I had with that is um, uh, the so every time I played that you know uh, played a mission like outside of the training mission where you have infinite air, um, the yeah uh, you know the the Sonic the Hedgehog underwater level fucking. Uh, you know, music that da, 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 that keeps going up and ho- up as you go. That's what happens in my brain when I see that you know the the oxygen indicator flashing. Um, I mean, you played Subnautica, uh, but Subnautica is a little different. Subnautica, you can like, you know, at a certain point, you get a rebreather, and it's, you know, it's not a big deal. 
right? I think you get upgrades to your suit too. Well, okay, and and that's uh, that is another thing. You end up spending, you know, spending some of your uh, your money, you know, when you're trying to pay back your what one billion in debt or whatever the fuck it is. You get like a little allowance from your ship breaking uh, to upgrade your suit. I don't think I spent or I, I didn't play enough of the early access to be able to get many of the upgrades. So, so I'm sure it would have, I'd sure it'd be uh, a lot easier as they played along. Yeah. Yeah. So come May 24th, that'll be out of early access. So we got a month. It's, it's definitely an interesting game. I don't think I've played anything quite like it because of how, uh, you know how it's basically just scrapping different ships, and you you see the different kinds of ships that come in. Some of them are pressurized, some of them are not. Um, so you're like you're juggling all of the different like ways of you know tearing things apart, like trying to find the seams of things, also while you know working out the different dangers. Uh, like you don't want to have deep uh, explosive depressurization or, uh, or run out of air in your suit, a bunch of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting game. Another, uh, release that's coming out soon. Um, I think, uh, a long time ago, you're probably pretty familiar with no more heroes. Um, I've, I've heard of it. You had the beam katana. Um, you had, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, no more heroes three is coming this fall to PS4, PS5, Xbox, and PC. That's the um, that's uh, that's the over the top hero battler situation with the dude with the fucking like, you know, beam saber, uh, is you know fighting all the you know a bunch of other heroes and it's like over the top and kind of cartoony. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it because it's uh, Grasshopper Games. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I like Grasshopper Games. Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't think I I can't say that I've played any of them, but I'm familiar with them because their the their art style is unique. It's almost kind of manga ish. It's um, like uh, to me, it's kind of like Tarantino manga. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like that, yeah. That's the... Over the top in, in ways. Over the top, not necessarily always in a japanese way. Right. Um, they had the one game where you had your gun that talked to you. <laughs> um, God, it's Shadow of something or other. I've got it in the other room. Um, Lollipop Chainsaw was another game. And then there was that weird game they had that was free to play that had you going up an infinite tower. Um, something Death. Death Inc. Corporate. I can't remember. I played it for like 70 hours on fucking PS4. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. You, you didn't have to actually <laughs> pay anything to have fun in it, but it was a really fucking grindy. It was really kind of like a weird Souls-like type game, but it was a roguelite where you just had a procedural level with procedural enemies that you continue to work your way up this tower. Okay. Uh, but anyways, No More Heroes 3 being released on platforms that I have. Um... Pretty all right with that. Sweet. Um, I think that was all I had. Oh, uh, one of the other things that I wanted to just bring up real quick was the uh, um, Halo, because I just uninstalled Halo Infinite. 
Um, Halo Infinite got some kind of update. They've got a flood firefight now live. I really want to see them get done with a few more things before and install it again. It right. just, at least on the multiplayer side, they haven't been supporting it. There's more people playing Halo Reach right now on Steam than there are playing Infinite because of the lack of content. Okay. Yeah. I... And, and four. Like, there's just, they ran out of content, so the multiplayer aspect has kind of died. <laughs> and then there is a decent single player, but I think Jason beat it in 25 hours, which is good for a shooter game, right? But I, I guess. Yeah. But it's just. For Halo, it's about it's about right. I mean, if, if you're not playing with any doing, modifiers. It's doing the worst out of any Halo so far in a very long time, actually. Okay. Well, Halo 4 was the last one that I played. Uh, and I just didn't like the enemies in that one. Oh, the um, whatever the the fucking the forerunner fucking race or whatever the fuck it was. They just weren't that interesting. They it was kind of dorky. I don't know. It, I, I, the, grunt, the grunts had some charm to them. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit different when you're, uh, uh, when you're fighting, you know, that kind of enemy. Um, they were, I, th- I think they were a little over the top and not necessarily like, uh, it didn't quite fit with the universe. Uh, so I I, it, I kind of fell off of it. I was playing it mainly for the story, and if I played a Halo Infinite, it would be just for the single player, and then it would get uninstalled anyway. I'm not in, you know, I was never involved in the multiplayer stuff. Um, the the flood fight sounds more like a horde mode, though. Which yeah, firefight. Yeah that that would be that would probably be the only other mode that I could uh, I would I would probably play. If somebody wanted to get me on the reg playing any kind of horde mode on something, I I can be convinced as long as I have the game. Right, right, right. Speaking of uh, other stuff, though, yeah. So speaking of uh, of games that you know that have a uh, fall off in multiplayer content, um, uh, are you familiar with a game called A Babylon's Fall? Babylon's Fall. Yes. So what did you call it? Babylon's Fall. It sounded like you said that you. Babylon's Fall? That was the enunciation was like way Uh, in a weird way. Okay, Babylon's Fall. Babylon's Fall. Babylon's Fall. Um, But that game, uh, despite being a a Platinum's game, uh, Platinum Games game, and published by Square Enix, that game has probably been the biggest disappointment for both of those uh, those companies in a long, long time. I haven't um, heard anything good about it. So, the um, uh, the the gameplay itself, you know, just looking at videos of it, is very, it looks very basic for a Platinum game. Uh, Platinum Games game. I'm just going to say Platinum game. Uh, and that is... Uh, that didn't help that it's more it, it plays a lot like a um, uh, a live service uh, live service RPG, but the uh, the latest uh, Steam numbers uh, kind of tells the real you know the the real downfall of this game. It had eight one single digit eight concurrent players. Damn. On Steam. 
And this is a game that was released was a, a month and a half ago. It has eight uh, concurrent players. So that game died faster than Aliens Fireteam Elite did. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that anybody's playing Fireteam right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that's in single digits as well, but um, and and I I don't have the numbers to look it up right now, but yeah, it dropped, you know, uh, (laughs) a brand new IP, a brand new game released and you know it was supposed to be a a, a big game that they were going to support for a while uh you know died hard fast uh you know so that was uh that 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 was it was a game i was kind of looking at because a it was multiplayer uh and b it, it had it looked like it had decent combat but then again it was shallow whatever they showed was you know, was the flashy shit. Everything else was very, very shallow. Like, to to give it context, um, you know, Marvel's Avengers, the you know, the live service game that was also a Square Enix thing, um, that also kind of fell on its face, you know, fairly early on, uh, because it was very greedy with the minor microtransactions and a lot of the uh the grindiness uh to that game. That's been addressed somewhat. The microtransactions, not so much, but some of the grindiness has actually been addressed. That is doing better than Babylon's Fall. <laughs> so, um, that's that was kind of a surprise there. Um, I've, got, I've got something I wanted to bring to your attention. So sure. Um, so I'm going to try to I'm going to show you the what the game designer looks like. Mm-hmm. So. There's a game called Hell Is Us, and I'm going to show you a picture of the game designer, and I think you're going to know what else he's made. So, that's the game designer. Can you guess from that picture what other games he's made? Uh, maybe? No, no, no. Uh, um, mind you, I'm... Okay, just think what I'm, other games look like this dude. Wait, wait. Hold on, I'll just keep going. I'll keep going. Um, is there any games that has this guy's likeness in it? There's. He's showing me three different pictures of this game designer. Of this game designer who uh, modeled himself in a game that was fairly popular that we all played. Um. Here, I'm just. Here's the coup de gras. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is, um, so the, so one of those pictures actually reminded me of, uh, uh, of, uh, Wolfenstein at some, at, at one point. Well, you um, said Square Enix, so I thought I would just segue into So, a- so I understand where you're, uh, where you're coming from. He's, uh, uh, that is, uh, Deus Ex. Um, correct. It's, uh, what the hell is his name? Jean Jacques Billette. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So he uh, he's the creative designer behind Hell Is Us. Okay. So the name of the company he's working for is called Norco, which is a completely different company. But when I saw his name on that on that uh, announcement, uh-huh. that's when I became interested because I did like the De- the Deus Ex the games quite a bit. 
I liked the Deus Ex games to uh to a degree like the most recent game with the uh with the microtransaction progression um that oh, was that kind was, of a shit uh, that was literally just a shitty dlc that didn't go anywhere i i i get that but the fact that that dlc existed was it's like kind of like 3 hours long and it's nearly a phone game uh, <laughs> it's like almost mostly negative on steam well that is a pale comparison to literally everything else that's Deus Ex. So, so the Deus Ex story and the uh, the idea behind it was Cyberpunk before Cyberpunk. Yeah, and that, well, I mean, and that was and that was the uh, the the whole idea of like cybernetically replacing you know limbs and organs and shit like that. When you when you see the picture of right the main dude behind Deus Ex, I can't remember his name now, but literally. He modeled himself as the character. Right. You know, I remember playing the original fucking Deus Ex back in, like, the, 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 the olden days. You know, back when that game would have actually, you know, pushed hardware. Uh, it I looks... just re- so I remember old Tilcaster uh, Holly, uh, me and her went to PAX, and we went to a panel on Deus Ex. And we'd seen all the promo stuff, and she's like, that dude looks like the guy in Deus Ex. I was like... It's the game designer. He designed the game's looks after himself because he was also wearing the same sunglasses when he walked up the stage. Oh, yeah. And had a similar haircut. And I was like, he totally just made that character after himself. He just took a picture of himself in a fucking mirror and said, that's the character. That's the the dude right there. Um, Which was, you know, whatever. It's pretty funny. But I like the game pretty well. Honestly, I I think me and Trent really like those games and I... There are things about those games that I thought they did cyberpunk better than cyberpunk, but it's a very gold game. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is, uh, it's, the only thing I didn't like about the latest one is the, you know, the shitty ass DLC, you know, that kind of shot themselves in the foot. Um, but to go back to that, to go back to that game though. So hell is us. The tagline was a, um, I almost said walking simulator. Death Stranding with a sword. And it looked like it was a weird dystopian world where you went to like an alternate universe or you were looking back on the past or the future. And it just had a very weird Kojima dystopian vibe to it. That's that, you know, that, you know, the the trailer that had the red floating blob and everything yeah. else was very mood, uh, muted and, uh, and, and colored. He had like some kind of drone on his back that was... Right, the the drone that flew and then kind of like folded up its propellers and like was crawling on his back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I remember seeing that uh, that trailer now. It's been announced, but no release date of any sort. This is going to be something in the maybe distant future. Who knows? Well, I mean, it's been developed on Unreal Five. And you're going to see a lot more and uh, games. Probably sometime next year is what they're saying on PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. Well, that's that's fine. Um, I am very interested to see what they do with uh, with Unreal Engine 5. Um, and I know that the announcement's maybe a couple weeks out now, uh, but um, what has been put out so far as far as tech demos for uh, Unreal Engine 5 is mind-blowing. Like, next-level fucking gaming. 
uh, next level graphics. Uh, that is, it's a, it's a really, you know, like they've done a really good job with that engine. I'm sure it still has some of the unreal downfalls, but, um, it's getting closer and closer to photorealism. Um, and that, you know, that adds extra options to, you know, to games. You don't necessarily need photorealism in every game, but the power behind that is there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it gives us a lot more options for graphics, I guess. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just an engine, you know? So, um, so it's, it gives world builders extra tools to work with. And that is fun. That, that means better games overall. Um, I didn't have anything else from my group of things. Did you find anything else? So, yeah, there's uh, uh, to, uh, to go back to um, uh, Elden Ring just one, uh, for a, uh, a bare minute here. Um, there is actually... Now a legendary player out there. Um, the legendary player's name is Let Me Solo Her. Uh, and this legendary player stands in front of the Melania boss door and puts down a summon mark so that people can summon him in to fight Melania, the blade of... You know, the the one that does the whole fucking blade dance to, you know. What's, what weapons are you using? He is naked, wearing a pot. The only, That's the only fucking thing he's wearing is a pot on his head. He is wielding two katanas. And he can solo Melania, four people who summon them in, without taking a single point of damage from this boss. And most people, most if you've gotten to Melania, this is probably one of the harder bosses in the game. If you're, if you don't, if you're not ready to stagger lock her, right? Um, I know it was one of the bosses that I had the most problem with, uh, as a magic user. Cause I have literally no stagger with, uh, with magic. And I have um, all the fucking stagger by the time I got to her. Right. I think I too shot her. Yeah, well, you know, you could just, like, punish her because she doesn't have very much poise. But um, he was using two katanas, no armor, wears a pot on his head, and sits there at that boss door all day long helping players beat that, you know, beat that boss. Uh, and he has, you know, gained a Reddit following, uh... He has put out videos proving that he is actually the dude, you know, the, the player had put out video, uh, videos of him actually beating Melania without taking a single point of damage. Um, and um, he continues to do it. And the community has actually rallied around him, made artwork of his character. Uh, and there's actually even a, you know, a 3d printable model of his character now that you can download from, uh, from a, uh, source on Reddit. Uh, he has become his own like myth in the game. So you, you know, so if you are struggling on this boss in Elden Ring, 
Uh, look for your uh, looking. Uh, look for summon signs and look for the summon signs from a dude named Let Me Solo Her, and let him solo her because he will do that. Uh, there's a video of it on YouTube if you uh, if you search for it. It's actually pretty fucking epic. I I didn't even know that you could dodge through some of the uh, some of those attacks that way. It's absolutely amazing. Um, uh, I uh, I don't have I don't have much more that I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, I think it's the perfect time right now with. Game releases being where they're at to find a couple of things maybe you didn't have time to mess with before to dick around. We've got Rogue Legacy coming out here in a, a week and a half. Yeah, Rogue Legacy is fun. Um, Rogue Legacy 2 will be out of early access. Yeah. I looked uh, at a couple of other early access things. That Stone Shard is still slated for 2023. And uh, The Last Spell is also slated for 2023. They're on their path to 1.0 right now. Gotcha. Um, as far as early access games, you know, I'm, I am currently playing Dyson Sphere program. So if you like games like Factorio or Satisfactory, Dyson Sphere program is, you know, is actually a fairly satisfying game that, you know, is, you know, takes, you know, has a unique take on the factory game thing. Um, I am enjoying the fuck out of it. I enjoyed the fuck out of it the first time. Uh, they've added extra features and uh, a couple new machines, which I am really getting a whole lot of uh, gameplay out of. Uh, you know, on this, you know, on this playthrough. Each time I play through that game, it's like 100, 150 hours. So I'm getting my money's worth out of it. Um, there is something that happened too that I noticed that got deleted, that didn't get picked up by a lot of publications, but. Uh... RimWorld is apparently hiring the Ludion Studios people behind RimWorld. Mm-hmm. Is because uh, I was looking, I was like, "Why did my post get deleted?" It said so. Then I looked at the page, and it's been taken down. So essentially, they had put a post out there that they were hiring game designers on their socials, uh huh, and then deleted it for some reason. Maybe they filled the position, huh? Maybe or I don't know. That's probably the more logical conclusion, but. That just means that he's probably working on more stuff. And if he works on a RimWorld 2... RimWorld 2, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Maybe an updated engine, more options. I I could dig it. I've I've got my fair share of hundreds of hours in RimWorld. What would a RimWorld 2 actually look like, though? I mean... You you could probably just update some of this... Fidelity on things. Maybe, you know, maybe do... Make it look like the posters of RimWorld. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, there's that. Um, RimWorld 2, I mean, well... I don't know. If you could do a RimWorld with the same look as... Um, what's that fucking... Um, uh, Frostpunk. Like, the same, same kind of, like, style, like... Update the visuals. Give instead of having like basic fucking like little p uh, uh, pawns for the you know for the characters. You know, do something a little more um, like the escapist style, where you can still have individualization, but 
and have it still be uh, be basic. I don't know. Um, anything that they can, you know, they can do to update that. I think that they've, you know, done as many iterations on RimWorld as I can think of. Well, so, I just looked up Tynan Sylvester, the lead designer, on Twitter just to confirm. And it says they are, as of April 8th, they were looking for a gameplay artist. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, there, yeah. And I plan on letting you guys know when they say for sure if it gets banned in Australia or not. But, oh, yeah. There's still some controversy on that. Just because just because uh, the uh, NPCs an ex- have the tendency to get freaking, like, high. I think it's the drug, because you can create a drug cartel oh. of made-up drugs. Okay. Right, like, they're not even real drugs. Smoke leaf is essentially equivalent. It looks and seems to be, the effects seem to be pot. Um, some of the other ones are like meth or something like that. Like, you can get a tweaker sim. Um, <laughs> that makes them work faster. Um, and then have some severe downsides if they don't get it. Um, but yeah, like the, uh, I mean, Fallout's had drugs. Like, Fallout didn't get banned and it essentially had drugs. Like, Psycho was essentially meth. Or, uh, or, or it was, uh, what's the one that starts with the, saying this is how drug educated I am. What's the one that starts with the P that makes you fucking crazy? Psycho? Yeah, well, that's the Fallout. What's the real world equivalent? Oh, PCP. PCP, yeah. It's basically PCP. Right. So, I mean, Fallout's had drugs forever, and it's never made me want to do drugs. I'm a pretty uh, non-drug-using type of dude, so I think it's... uh, There's a lot of games that have you do... I mean, well, Rimworld also has cannibalism, and you can turn your colony into a whole people-eating crew, Like, but it's fucking... It's a concept. It's not even like... That's not even a new concept for games, though. Uh, So, I I think they're just... uh, I think somebody's got a fucking stick up their ass and they just need to pull that fucking. I always out. thought that Australia was way more liberal than that. Apparently they're a bunch of fucking wusses. It At depend- least not the people, the government. That's the thing. That I think that's the thing. And without getting too far into government shit, I think that is the thing right there. You you hit, hit, hit nail on the head right there. <laughs> like, the review ratings board seem to have issues with fucking Australia. Like, fucking Australia. Anyways, um... The Australians, the people, they Pull can a give shit. a shit. I know. Pull a shit. <laughs> Your fucking government's weird, man. Um, but that being said, there's not a whole lot else that I got. I think we yeah. ought to wrap it up today. Yeah. Uh, yep. That's that's pretty much all I've got. So, Well, let me uh, let me do all the announcements as yep. Jason's asleep. Yep. Um, you can find us at TiltCast.com. You can find us on Facebook on t- and Twitter slash TiltCast. The real TiltCast, rather. Um. YouTube hadn't been updated in a while, so don't worry about that. Um, same with Twitch. Um, that being said, though, um, Twitter's where we're most active, so if you want to send us any messages, send it there. I actually get that stuff on my phone. Um, if you want to find some friends of the show, you got For the Love of Gaming, you got CabbageKBG, you got GnoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.TV. They're a podcast that's been doing this longer than us, and with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.